Thank you so much, Griselda. Thank you for the blessing that you are to our church family and, of course, to your own immediate family. Praise the Lord. I want to also express congratulations to a wonderful wedding couple. And uh, yesterday we held the marriage, the wedding celebration of Diana Ali and Parth Patel here in our sanctuary. And it was a very joyous occasion with a lot of people. And I want to commend, I want to commend their family members for doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Uh, family members like uh, Rampal and Alvina Singh and their son Justin and, and others of you here uh, spent hours, hours before the wedding, several days in advance, and after the wedding spent hours and hours um, preparing the sanctuary with beautiful decorations. Those of you who were here know what I'm talking about. And I, I just want to express appreciation when I see family members assisting other family members for their special occasions. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? That's the way it should be. And I want to just uh, acknowledge that fact. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, we come now, my friends, to today's message, to the message for this wonderful Sunday. And the theme is, come back to God and practice justice. Come back to God and practice justice. The truth originates from Hosea chapter 12, verse 6, which we have been studying. Why don't you read it with me? Hosea 12, verse 6, which says, So now, come back to your God, act with love and justice, and always depend on Him. In some previous messages, we focused on the first part of that verse. Uh, and now today, we come to the portion that says, Act with love and, and justice. Justice, all right? God said to the Jewish people at that point in history, which was about 715 BC, God told them to act with love and justice. Why? Because they were not doing it. It sounds simple, but it wasn't happening. And there was a lot of injustice going on amongst the people. And God says, listen, you've got to practice justice. All right, what is the definition of justice? All right, here's an official definition. Can we show it on the screen, please? Okay? Justice is the administration of law that determines what is right based on principles of equity, equity is fairness, okay, based on principles of equity and correctness and rewards accordingly. Now that, that is one of the definitions, and then it goes on, the quality of being just, impartial, or fair. Okay, don't turn me off. Don't turn me off. 
Don't, don't let the definition scare you away. Essentially, when you look at this, what it boils down to is justice is fairness. Justice means be fair. Be fair. Now stick with me. All right? From a scriptural viewpoint, from a Bible viewpoint, justice means loving our neighbor, that is other people, loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, and it is rooted in the character and the nature of God. Now, think about, think about what I just said there. Think, think about it. Look, look at it. Look at it on the screen. From a scriptural point of view, justice means loving our neighbor as we love ourselves and it is rooted in the character and nature of God. Justice helps us figure out what is fair, what is right, and what is wrong. First of all, think with me about the fact the number one, God practices justice. God is fair. For us to practice justice is to be more and more like God. Uh, here are some of the Bible verses. Why don't you read them with me that speak of this truth that God practices justice. Psalm 9, verse 8. He, God, read it with me will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. Then Psalm 10, verse 18. You will bring justice to the orphans and the oppressed so mere people can no longer terrify them. Psalm 45, verse 7. You, the Lord, love justice and hate evil. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 6. In his justice, he, God, will pay back those who persecute you. So my friends, these Bible verses tell us that God is just. It is the character, is the nature of our Lord. All right, here's a second very important truth that we learn from the Bible about justice. Number two, God demands us to practice justice. Read with me some of the Bible verses that speak of this. Isaiah 56, verse one. This is what the Lord says. Be just and fair to all. Proverbs 31, verse 9. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Leviticus 19, verse 15. 
Do not twist justice in legal matters by favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful. Always judge people fairly. And then Psalm 82, verse 3 and 4. Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver, deliver them from the grasp of evil people. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. I wonder if that could also apply to us helping the Ukrainian people who are being bombed for no reason at all. One of the most powerful verses in the Bible on the subject of justice is Micah chapter 6, verse, verse 8. I thought it would be interesting to, to look up Micah 6, verse 8 in various translations. Here's what the good news, the good news translation of Micah 6.8 says. It says, no, the Lord has told us what is good. What he requires of us is this, to do what is just, to show constant love, and to live in humble fellowship with our God. Then the King James Version of Micah 6 verse 8 says this, no, the Lord has told us what is good. What he requires of us is this, to do what is just, to show constant love, and to live in humble fellowship with our God. Then the Message Bible, Micah 6, verse 8 says, But he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Here it is. Do do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. And then the New America Standard Bible of Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And then the NIV in Micah 6.8 declares, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And then the new Revised Standard says, Micah 6.8, He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And then the New Living Translation says, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good and what is, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To walk humbly with your God indeed. And then Micah 6, Micah 6 verse 8, or Micah 33 verse 5 says, the Lord, the Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full 
of his unfailing love. The earth is full of his unfailing love. So, what are all these Bible verses? What are all these Bible verses telling us? They are telling us that God commands you and me to practice justice. And the question is, do you and I do that? Do we do it? Now stick with me. Here's the third very important truth. It is this. God is pleased and he blesses us when we live out justice. God is pleased and he blesses us when we live out justice. Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, he says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. That is the New Living Translation, New Living Translation of the Bible. Proverbs 21, verse 3 says, The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer him sacrifices. All right. Here's a fourth important truth. Number four. Some practical areas of life in which you and I need to apply, need to live out justice. Well, to begin with, most of you would probably be thinking about our legal system, whether it's Canada, United States, or any country. Our legal system. This past week, we heard the story, the terrible story, of, of how people were being smuggled from Mexico and Guatemala and Honduras in a large truck into Texas, USA. Sadly, the dear people were left in the back of the truck and 53 of them died from the heat and dehydration and others had to be taken to the hospitals very sick and barely surviving. How many of you heard about that tragic event? How many of you? All right, it looks like most of you. Now, that was terrible. It should not have happened. Those things should not have happened. You know, I have a hard time understanding how anyone could do terrible things like that. The justice in this case is that so far, so far, four people have been charged in the Texas semi-truck smuggling operation, there are four people charged. If, in fact, those four people were responsible for the deaths of the 53 migrants, hopefully, hopefully they will receive long, uh, long prison terms so that they can never, they will never do something terrible like that again, resulting in the, in the unnecessary deaths of so many precious people. That's the, only, that's the only justice so far, but hopefully as the, as the law system carries itself out, they will get what they deserve. On April 23rd, 2018, a man named Alec Manation deliberately drove, deliberately drove a rented van through crowds of people walking on the sidewalk here on Young Street in Toronto, our own city. He killed 10 people, eight women and two men, ranging in age from 22 to 94. 
He injured 16 other dear people and traumatized many more others. Most of you, I'm sure, heard about that tragic event. Justice prevailed when in June of this year, last month, the court sentenced this killer with a van. They sentenced him to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. And hopefully, hopefully he will never get parole. Hopefully he will never get out of prison. Justice. Earlier this year, some of you will remember that after the Russian military attacked Ukraine, a, a soldier shot and killed a Ukrainian man riding his bicycle. I believe the man was just in his 60s. He was riding his bike. He shot the man for no reason at all. Fortunately, Ukrainian soldiers caught the Russian soldier who shot and killed the innocent Ukrainian. And the soldier was taken to court where he admitted his guilt and he was sentenced to life in prison. Justice prevailed. And most of you will also remember how on May 25, 2020, Mr. George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man in Minneapolis, died because a white police officer knelt on George Floyd's neck for over nine minutes while Mr. Floyd was handcuffed, lying face down in a street. Eventually, the police officer was found guilty on April 20th, 2021. He was found guilty of second-degree murder, and he was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. Other police officers were also charged who were at the scene. Now, the reality is nothing. Nothing will bring back George Floyd or innocent, an innocent man uh, in his 60s in the Ukraine that, that was shot by the soldier. Nothing's going to bring them back, but at least there was some form of what? Of justice. All right? Another practical area of life that you and I need to apply justice in is uh, in employment, in employment situations. Some of you probably know that Maybe you experienced this, I hope you didn't, but some of you probably know that years ago, years ago, unfortunately, in some jobs here in Canada, the United States, probably other countries as well, in some jobs, women, women were not, were not paid as much for doing the same job as a man, even though they were at the company just as long as the man and perhaps worked even harder than the men. Right? It's also sad knowing that years ago, sometimes employees, sometimes employees of, of different races or cultures were not paid equally for doing the same job as other people. Now, the good news, the good news is that here in Canada in the last 30 to 40 years, our government has tried hard to create more justice, more fairness in the workplace in terms of hiring, in terms of promotions, in terms of salaries. 
Is our employment system perfect? No, probably not. But, but, it is a lot better, it is a lot better and a lot more just and fair than it was 30 to 40 years ago. And for that, you and I can be very, very thankful. Amen? Can I say something which you might not like to hear? Go ahead, someone says. Thank you, Anita or, or your sister there. Good. Yeah, I think I should say this. Sometimes, sometimes a person will say, well, you know, I was, I was fired from my job because I am white or I am black or I am of this culture or, or of that race. Sometimes people will make those claims. Now, it could be a possibility. It might be a possibility. But the truth is, sometimes people try to exploit. People try to exploit the labor laws by saying those kinds of things when that's not really what happened. Okay? These days, if someone is fired or loses their job for some reason, if someone loses their job here in, in, in Canada, Ontario, Toronto, most likely, most likely the reason or reasons a person perhaps lost their job was because of uh, reasons such as, such as, well, the person maybe wasn't doing the job well enough. Or the person was arriving at the workplace repeatedly, repeatedly late. It's understandable that anyone can arrive late occasionally. Or they were taking too many, too many days off with no meaningful explanation for their boss. Or they were causing repeated problems with other employees. Sometimes, you know what it's like, sometimes there's some people who just cause a lot of trouble with their gossiping and talking and this and that with other employees. Isn't that true? Yeah. And then other times, people are caught stealing from their organization. Or they were bad-mouthing, they were bad-mouthing their company or organization, and the person in charge said, you know what, this is the third time you have bad-mouthed a company which pays you goodbye. If anyone, by the way, if, anyone, if any employee here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene bad-mouthed our church, I'll give them a warning once, a warning twice, third time, you're out of here. That's right. I'm a nice guy. Very patient, very loving, very understanding. Some of the staff just thought, whoa, I never thought he'd say that. Okay. Okay. In other cases, in other cases, sometimes, sometimes a company or organization has had to downsize because a business is only maybe 50% of what it used to be for whatever reasons. That has happened, especially during COVID. So, my friends, just as, just as you expect your employer to be just and fair with you, likewise, be just and fair 
with your company or organization that you work for. Amen? Justice needs to be reciprocated in any workplace. Let's move on. We need to further apply justice with different races. Different races, cultures, economic levels, male or female. Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 says... There is no longer, no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's the New Living Translation. Now listen, listen to how the, the message, the Message Bible version states Galatians 3.28. Uh, I don't have this uh, to go on the screen, okay, but I added this later. Uh, here's how the message Bible says, says it. It says, In Christ's family, there can be no, there can be no division into Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female. Among us, you are all equal. Get that? Among us, you are all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. I want us to notice, I want us to notice how Galatians 3.28 says in the New Living Translation, notice, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Or as the Message Bible puts it, among us you are all Equal. Among us, you are all equal. Now, that is what God says to us. That's what God says to us, which raises an important question. Remember now, among us, you are all equal, says the word of God. That's what the Lord says to us, which raises an important question. And it is this. Are you, are you prejudiced? Hmm? Viewers, are you prejudiced? Online viewers, those of you in the sanctuary. If you are white, if you are white, are you prejudiced towards black people? If you are black, are you prejudiced towards white people? If you are, if you are, it doesn't make any sense. Because God says, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Among us, you are all equal. Those are God's words, not Pastor Nick's. Now, you might not be prejudiced towards black people. You might not be prejudiced towards white people. But are you prejudiced towards a particular ethnic group or a certain group of people whose language you don't understand and the way they dress is very different from how 
you dress. Hmm? And once again, God says to us, for you, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Among us, you are all equal. Amen? Many years ago, this goes back many years, I learned it even early in my ministry, to my surprise. Many years ago, I learned that some people, some people from some Caribbean islands were even prejudiced against people from a different Caribbean island who had a similar background and very similar skin color. And I remember thinking, how can people be so weird and unreasonable? Hello? Hello? How could people be so unfair? <laughs> oh, man. It's amazing the kinds of things I've learned over the years. I still have to learn how not to get thirsty while I'm talking, you know. Aunt Ruth Jennings, Aunt Ruth Jennings that many of you know, went to be with the Lord over 10 years ago. Listen, listen. One thing amongst many things, one thing that I loved about Aunt Ruth Jennings was that she was colorblind. Amen, says our sister here. She was colorblind. <laughs> one day, one day, Aunt Ruth was telling a friend of hers from another church, she was telling a friend of hers how wonderful a particular lady in our congregation was. And her friend, her friend said to her, uh, this lady you're saying such nice things about, is she black or white? And Aunt Ruth, Aunt Ruth said to her, to her friend, Aunt Ruth said to her, I don't know. I don't know. I never really noticed. It, it doesn't matter whether she's black or white. <laughs> oh, when, when, I, when I heard that, I thought it was just so, so sweet. So Aunt Ruth. Somehow, somehow, Aunt Ruth Jennings discovered and lived by God's words for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Among us, you are all equal. Amen. Amen? My friends, we need to apply justice with different races, cultures, economic levels, male and female. Male and female. Here's another area of life you and I need to apply justice or fairness in, and it is it is, for anyone taking notes, it's, it's point D. Not that any of you care. <laughs> but if you're watching the screen, you'll say, oh, he actually has things organized very well. But anyway, we need to practice justice in the area of medical, medical needs. Stick with me. One of the main things that I appreciate about our health system here in Canada is this. 
if a professional, if a professional baseball player, hockey player, or football star who earns maybe 10 to 20 million dollars a year, all right? If, you know, if someone like that who earns big bucks, how many of you earn 10, 20 million a year? Anybody? Liar. <laughs> Someone put their hand up. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to offend you, but uh, <laughs> if you earn that much, you and I can have a special conversation after church. Okay? <laughs> don't anyone go away saying, Pastor Nick called somebody a liar in church. I, I know he's kidding, and I, I'm kidding too. But anyway, you know, if someone in the sports world who makes big money like that, 10, 20 million, if, if, they need, if they need a major operation, like let's say a triple heart bypass, they can go to one of our hospitals here in Toronto and, and they can have that operation and they'll, they'll get better, they'll get great treatment and they'll probably be in the hospital one week or two weeks uh, these days, usually not in there much longer than a week, whatever the operation is. But anyway, that, that person who's making mega bucks can get the operation, and at the end of that operation, guess what? They don't have to pay a cent. They don't have to pay a nickel, right? But here's the, here's the, 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 the great news. Here's the great news. The truth is, in our nation, here in Toronto, if someone, if someone who makes minimum wage or even someone, someone who, is, who, is, who, who is homeless and discovers that they need a major operation like, like a triple heart bypass, that person can also, go, can also go to the doctor and go to the hospital and have that triple heart bypass operation done. And guess what? At the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the operation, that person, that person doesn't have to pay a nickel either. Right? So whether you are rich making 10, 20 million a year, or whether you're making minimum wage, you can get the same medical treatment in our hospitals, no matter who you are. And I would say, that is good news. Amen? That's justice. Amen? Yes. I understand, of course, that our Canadian health system isn't perfect, but there are probably very few other countries where whether you are rich or poor, you will get the same excellent medical treatment. Actually, just, just this morning, our dear sister Anita said to me, she had no idea all this was in my notes. Anita just happened to say to me, you know, she said, Pastor, I'm just so glad we live in a country where we can get medical treatment no matter who we are. Do you remember that conversation, Anita? You know, some years ago, some years ago, I was attending a pastor's conference or a pastor's conference or school in the United States, okay? 
At this conference, an American pastor discovered that I was from Canada. He started to talk with me, and he said something like this. He said, uh, Brother Nick, he said, I, I feel sorry. I feel sorry. Oh, man. I feel sorry for you Canadians because you have such a poor health system. <laughs> That's what he said to me. I, I, I had to be careful not to get angry. Yes, I had to be careful not to get angry. And I, I said to him lovingly, I said to him, Brother, I don't know who told you what. I don't know where you get your information from. But brother, we have an excellent health care system in Canada. And I said to him, when I was diagnosed with a major cancer, I said to him, my doctor had me in the operating room in a few days to remove the cancer, which was the size of a fist. I said to him, I was in the hospital for a week, and I did not have to pay anything for my operation. Then I think I went on to tell him how I was, I was, as a pastor, I was regularly in hospitals seeing people from our church go through small and medium and, and very large major surgeries. And I told him, I told him that the excellent care uh, uh, our church people, I told him about the excellent care that our church people receive in our hospitals, whether, whether they, they are rich or whether they are poor. And I said to that American pastor, I, I said, I wish, I wish the United States of America could develop a similar health plan as Canada so that whether, whether people are rich or poor, they can receive the same medical treatment so that everyone is treated fairly. Amen? Fairness is justice. I remember how some years back a friend, a pastor friend of mine in the United States was sick with a particular serious problem, a health need. And I, sa I said to him, okay, the good news is, the good news is you can have, you can have an operation done that will solve that. It's, it's an operation that is done routinely. I said, why haven't you done it? He said, Brother Nick, this pastor lived in the States. He said, Brother Nick, I don't, I don't have medical insurance. And he said, it'll cost sixty to $70,000. And my wife and I can't afford it. Anyway, by the way, after, after I filled the American pastor's ears with the truth that I just told you, after I filled his ears, he, he didn't know what to say to me. No, he didn't say, say much, much more. Here's something else that you and I as Canadians can be pleased about, okay? Here's something we should be pleased about. Listen carefully. We shouldn't just care about the health of Canadians. 
We shouldn't just care about us in Canada. We need to also care about people in other needy countries. I was, I was very happy. I was delighted to learn that since February 2020, are you listening? Since February 2020, our country, Canada, has committed, has committed 3.4 billion, B-I-L-L-I-O-N, our country has committed $3.4 billion in helping needy countries battle COVID-19. Now, now if, if you are a selfish person, you are probably not happy that our country has, has helped underprivileged nations with $3.4 billion. You might be thinking, well, that money should have stayed in Canada. Well, if that's what you're thinking, guess what? It is time, it's time for you to start living by Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, which say this. They say, don't be selfish. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Amen? Amen. You and I ought to be happy that our country to which we contribute taxes, that our country has tried to help other underprivileged nations with $3.4 billion in their fight against COVID. Now, it might be that $3.4 billion is not a super huge amount. I don't know. It sounds like a lot to me. Whatever. All right. Let's also show, let's also show justice or fairness in, in education, and, and in, in the church. Just for time purposes, I'm not going to say anything more about that. And let me move on. Technicians, let me move on to G. All right? We need to show justice, fairness in family matters. Okay? In, in family matters. I, I hope you're going to listen carefully. Parents, as you are raising your children, and by the way, by the way, as I mentioned the word children, I, I too want to add my congratulations to the graduates that we saw up on the screen earlier and others who maybe didn't submit their photo who also graduated. I, I want to congratulate all of our graduates and uh, a lot of you wouldn't know it. But many of our graduates graduate at the top of their class, all right, in high school and in university. We have students in this church who study hard, work hard, and, and do extremely well in their academic studies. And I commend them. I commend you students, all right? I did seven years of post-secondary education and it is not easy to score at the top of the ladder. There are a lot of outstanding students from all over the world that study in our universities and colleges. Anyway, parents, as you are raising your children, try very hard to be very fair with each child, or you run the risk 
of a son or daughter developing resentment, which they can carry and live with the rest of their lives. Right? Over the years, sometimes, sometimes I have needed to try to help to help uh, individuals through counseling, counseling a son or daughter who was emotionally hurting because they felt their brother or sister received preferential treatment. And now as a young adult, they're still hurting from it. I, I won't ask, I will not ask for a show of hands, but if I ask for a show of hands, there would be numerous hands that would go up in this sanctuary who feel, people who feel that um, they didn't get the same level of treatment from their mother or father while they were growing up. Parents, when you are making out your will, try very hard to show fairness, to show fairness, to show justice to all your children. However, however, listen up. If, if you are a grown-up son or daughter, and in the last 10 to 20 years, you have not phoned, you have not emailed, or you haven't visited your parents, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if your parents leave you little or nothing in their will. Go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, some of you connect with this. Go ahead and applaud. All right? Don't be surprised if there's little or nothing in their will. And don't blame your brothers or sisters, okay, who in the last 10 to 20 years were always there for your parents when you couldn't care less. What goes around comes around. Amen. If a parent has felt overlooked and neglected for many years by their son or daughter, justice to them might mean you are left with very little, well, very little or nothing in the will. And what I just said might be a wake-up call for someone listening here in the sanctuary or listening online. Sometimes after I've done a funeral and it comes to the point of reading the will and people in the family hear what the will says, certain individuals, certain sons or daughters become so angry because of what they heard in the will. And it's very sad. But it was not the fault of the mother or the father. It was their own fault. Their own fault. And I've had to try to, to try to promote harmony in the family when someone has truthfully neglected the mother or the father for years and years. 
Don't let that happen. Hosea chapter 12 verse 6 says, So now, come back to your God. Come back to your God. Act with love and what? Justice. Act with love and justice. In last Sunday's message, Dr. Lisa spoke on the theme of it's time to grow up. Christians who grow up spiritually practice justice. Amen? Earlier in this message, we talked about how God practices justice, fairness. And one of the greatest ways in which God demonstrates his fairness is recorded for us in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that, of course, is the King James Version. The New Living Translation puts it like this. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. There's the justice. There's the fairness. There's the fairness. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow. Do you believe in Jesus today? God is fair. God is fair. And he gives each one of us the privilege of repenting of our sins and putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And in preparation for the Lord's Supper today, I want to ask you to bow your head. Bow your head, would you? And if as yet... If as yet you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, God is fair and he makes it possible for all of us to repent and believe. I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me so that you, you become eligible to take the Lord's Supper and do as Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Would you pray this prayer? Dear Lord, Thank you for your justice. Thank you for your fairness and make, in making it possible for me to believe in Jesus, to repent of my sins, and to receive everlasting life, a place in heaven. Today, Lord, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and adopt me into your family. And I thank you for the promise of heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.